0: Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. Yesterday, I was really excited about the National Day of Prayer that got moved from May to yesterday, and I, something about the unity of the body, praying and crying out to God for our nation, it does something, because Jesus' prayer, he said, God, I pray that uh, they would be one, like you and I are one. I pray that they would get it, what it means to put all your differences aside, all the different doctrines, your different style of ministry, and come together and cry out to God. And some people, some of the ministers were praying loud and exciting and some of them were very calm and reverent. And regardless, they had one thing in common is that they were crying out to God for our nation. Excuse me. And I joined Facebook and my husband was at home, you know, icing his knee because, you know, he had surgery. And so I was here and I was holding my cell phone and I'm walking up and down and I'm praying for the chairs and I'm praying for you guys and I was interceding and they would say raise your hands up to heaven and say this and I was like yes yes as if I was there in Washington DC you know the Washington Memorial and now get on your knees yes and then he said one of the preachers said those of you who have your shafar play your shafar and I was like there's one in the office I've never played that thing so I grabbed it and I was you know it sounded horrible but you guys weren't here so it didn't matter Because God was listening to me and God was saying, yay, baby girl, (laughs) A for effort. So I was so excited and I was interceding and then Rabbi Kahn goes to pray. And even though everyone was praying for the same thing as for the hearts of the people to turn to God. Because we know what's happening. We know about pedophilia. We know about human trafficking, pornography. The U.S. is 75%. The pornography in the world comes from the U.S. That is disgusting. That it's happening in our nation. Like, we shouldn't let that happen. So what do we do? We were crying out for people's hearts to change. Because if people's hearts change to God, then hate will cease. violence will cease. Racism will cease. And all these other things that follow hearts that are darkened by evil. So everyone was praying for that. And I was with them praying. And then when Rabbi Khan came, he started praying for the church. And he was saying the church has become lukewarm. And we have accommodated Christianity to our culture. The definition for culture is, what's the definition for culture? Where are my students? They're gone because they memorized this for the test last week. It's the way of life of a group of people or nation. That's the definition of culture, the way of life. And the way we do life is, you know, it's the American way, the American dream. Like my husband says, we're always, you know, working hard for the big dream to get a big house and a big car and the American dream, a way of life. So we took Christianity and we mixed it with our culture and we say, okay, now our Christianity has to fit our culture. And in our culture, it's okay to have sex outside of marriage and still come to church and, and uh, minister. In our culture, it's okay to drink every day and to smoke pot. And to, In our culture, it's okay to do that and, and kind of be a Christian. So we kind of like accommodated to something called cultural Christianity. And to be a Christian means to be Christ-like, to be just like Christ. And there's a scripture in Galatians 2.20 that says, Herbie and Kai, it says, for I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but he that lives in me. So if I'm crucified with Christ, all the desires of my flesh are crucified with Christ. All all the My dreams and aspirations in life are crucified with Christ. And then Christ's will is the one that I'm going to fulfill. That's the one that I'm going to feed. I am not the Lord of my life. It is not my life anymore. When you become a Christian, it's no longer your life. It's his life through you. Do I need to do something? So if you're living for Christ, all these other things kind of fall apart. Because he will strengthen you to live a life that He wants you to live. Amen. Let me see let me make sure it's right. I knew that was coming. So let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming here today. Thank you for teaching us things. guides us into all truth. We receive the ministry of the Spirit so that He will speak to our spirit. So our minds can be renewed. We receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. I pray that the spirit of faith will rise up in this place. And that every person here that hears this message and those far away, that their faith will rise up in them to be Christ-like in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to confess a few things with me. Okay. So I'm going to say it and you're going to repeat after me. We are pastors and sometimes we have weeks that are like super awesome. We meet with people and it's great. And some weeks we meet with people. We have three or four meetings of people that have to complain about something that we said or do or don't do or the music or whether or not my husband heard from God or didn't hear from God, you know, so there, so sometimes we get home and we're kind of down and, David said, encourage, I encourage myself in the Lord. So, you know, I encourage him. He encouraged me. And sometimes we go before the Lord and we're just so broken. We're like, God, we suck at this because obviously <laughs> these people don't like it. And God said, but I'm sorry, guys. I'm just keeping it real. I'm, God said, you know, but I, I, I called you in spite of, you know, your weaknesses. And if you lead a ministry, you, some days you're like, yes, and some days you're like, Bleh. No. so this is the time that we go before god and we start to declare of ourselves what god says we are okay so this is a little exercise so repeat after me i am the righteousness of god in christ i am the, of I am the temple of the holy spirit i am, the I am more than a conqueror i'm seated in heavenly places with christ jesus I am the manifest presence of God in the earth through Christ. I am a child of the most high God. I am crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but he lives in me. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for as many... As are the promises of God in Him, their yes, and through Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So, the title of our message today is Have You Heard? And I'm gonna talk to you guys about a lot of things today that you've heard before. But there's a reason why I'm going to repeat and I'm gonna say some things that you're like, oh, I've heard that scripture a hundred times, I know it by heart. Awesome. Um, So, this scripture is talking about a promise. What is a promise? Can someone tell me? What's a promise? Kai, what's a promise? What does that word mean? Herbie? Drake? A commitment that you make with someone. And it's something you're going to do, right? Yes. It's a commitment. I'm going to do this with you, for you, to you, and it's going to happen. So... All the promises of God, but if you guys keep listening, you're going to get the, the next question, okay? So all the promises of God, because they're like this. <laughs> they, so all the promises of God are, are yes. So there's a lot of things that God says to us and that he wants to do for us. You know, when, when we heard about Jalen fracturing his spine, and I woke up yesterday morning, and the first thing I do is read the word. It's, it's my first meal of the day is my spiritual meal. And I confess some of these things over myself because sometimes I don't feel any of that. So I declare at the beginning of my day, this is who you are, Margie, remember. So I was reading the word, and I got a text from Nisi, and she's telling me what's happening with her son, and the doctors want to operate. And the, the scripture, you know, we have daily scriptures on our app, and we have it, like, printed here in the Connection Center, and we have on Facebook, Instagram, website. We have... Every day there's a scripture assigned for that day. In yesterday's scripture, God was saying, I will strengthen your bones. So I told her this and I said, do you know what the scripture for today is? God, this is the promise. So Nissi, grab a hold of this promise. Because if he promised, like Drake said, what's a promise? A commitment. God is committed to heal Jalen's bones. And I believe that by the end of the day, as even though we don't see it, what's happening in his spine, I believe that God is already, even though I don't see it, you're working. Remember that song? Even if you don't see it, he's working. And I said, Missy, even if you don't see it, he's working in his spine right now. Because that's a promise. Let's, that's, that's what we're going to stand on today. That simple promise for such a time as this. And then when we get, when we get the picture today, and the, you know, we weren't surprised. Because we knew there are God. All the promises are yes and amen, if you just believe it, right? So Hebrews 11, 1. You already heard that? Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How many of you guys heard this scripture before? Raise your hand. Many times. Okay, good. I told you I was going to give you. Stuff that you've heard before. So this faith is, the verb is in present tense. So it's now. Now. Faith is now. Whatever you're hearing right now, faith is. Faith is not faith. Faith was or faith is going. Faith is. The moment that you read the promise, faith is. So the definition for No, forget the definition. Let's go to uh, Peter, 2 Peter 1, 12 to 13. This is the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, he opened several churches in the New Testament, and he will go back to the church. He will write them letters. He will go in person, and sometimes he will say the same thing over and over again. I've come to you guys last time, and I told you this. I noticed that you kind of went off track, so I'm going to tell you the same thing. I preached last time. It's the same message. Guys, I'm going to tell you. That's what Paul did. And this is what he's telling them in Second Peter 1, 12 to 13. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth, which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, earthly suit, to stir you up by way of reminder. As a teacher, I know that children learn by repetition. But not only children. Come on. Adults, too. We learn by repetition. So allow me to remind you today of certain things that God has spoken in his word. Would you? Thank you. So if God gives you a word, it's a promise. He will say something to you at a moment in time. He's going to release a promise. We have had moments in time that God says, I'm going to do this with you. And I'm going to use you to establish my kingdom on earth through this. And we're like, okay, yes, God. And he usually only gives us this much information, right? And then once you take that step, he goes, okay, now do this. Oh, okay, that's the next step. But if I get stuck on, but I heard you saying that before. You, God told us to move west, So we moved west. We were in Daytona Beach. We moved west. And when we moved west, God said, okay, you moved west. You purchased land. Now I want you to start a ministry, to start a church. Okay, you told us to move west. Okay, now start a church. We started a church, and things are going great, and everyone in the church was a new believer getting baptized. We had so many baptisms and so many things. People who were living together all got married, and it was just like awesome. And then God says, okay, now I need you to move and go past a your life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I heard, I, I was stuck in the herd. I heard you say I had to move to the land and then open a church, and we did that. But back then, I wrote it down, God. Look at my journal. I wrote it down. I had the scripture and everything that God said that he was going to do. When we, and then I said, I heard that's what you said. I heard you say that. He said, but I, are you hearing me now? I am telling you, you have to follow every step. God knew at the end. He knew when we were in Daytona and when he told us. He already knew. Pastor John was looking for a replacement for two years. And he was waiting for God to send him someone. We moved to the land. My husband contacted all the Rama pastors in the area. And Pastor John became his buddy. And Pastor John was watching us, how we were doing ministry. We got to know we went out to dinner. They played golf. And he was watching, guys, you're always in the community. You, you have such a tiny church, and you're always out. And he was just watching. God, can they be the one that you told me you're going to send somebody? So see how God knew the end. But if I would have stayed stuck on, I heard you said to open a church, why would I want to go and take somebody else's church? I, I, I like my church. So, so we went on fasting and praying, because sometimes you have to fast to remove the wax out of your Ear. Ear? Ear? ear. Sometimes I say year, for ear. Excuse my accent. So sometimes it's hard for me to say certain words. So when you fast and pray and you separate yourself from the world, you start to remove all the wax that you collected there and you can hear God clearly. So we went three months fasting in prayer and I told God, God, if you really want us to do this, this is the last day of the three months. You're going to have to call me on my phone. So we left the church. We had been fasting. We sat on the beach. It was 5 in the afternoon. My husband's phone rings. And he said to me, it's God. And he puts in the thing. <laughs> so I put my ear and I, ear, I go to listen. I'm, I'm so self-aware of the fact that I can't say that word. So... It was a friend of uh, ours, Pastor Wade. He's in Virginia. He moves in the prophetic. When Pastor Wade calls, we stop whatever we're doing and we listen because God would give him a prophecy and he's right on every single time. So he called my, and he started, he, went to, he started saying, thus saith the Lord. And my husband put it on my phone because I was the one struggling with the transition. He said, you said you want God to call you on the phone? Here it is. <laughs> thus saith the Lord. You're feeling inadequate. You are stuck in your plans. You're stuck in your ways. God is saying a new thing is coming, and you're saying no. God needs you to say yes to this new thing that I'm going to do. I'm like, oh, my God. So God is so awesome. He didn't have to call me on the phone. He didn't have to. But he did. He must have really loved the new lifers. Because it's like, come on, this guy has been praying for two years. I promised him somebody. I brought you guys here to train you for two years before you take so you can have some senior pastorship experience. Because we have been an associate for so long, he said you need to know what it is to be in your own shoes and be the head of a ministry and have a little before I put you there. So, if I stayed stuck on the herd, Ryan and Ellie would not be married today. Because Ryan came with us, and Ellie was a girl in the house, believing that God was going to bring her husband. Do you see how important it is to hear God and to continue to hear? Because decisions that you make determine other people's future, generations. I don't know how many kids and grandkids they're going to have. I don't know if there are going to be missionaries. Ten? Ten children. Where's Ellie in children's ministry? Yeah, that's why (laughs) So generations can be birthed out of your obedience to God. You never know who you're going to introduce that are going to start a family. This is just like one little bit, right? So Romans 10:17 it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to keep hearing for faith to come. You have to keep hearing. Your faith, if you heard a word last week and you did not read the Bible the entire week, and you're still holding on to that word that you heard last week, your faith is not strong, guys. Why do you think this stuff happened in our nation and all the church was scattered and people's faith is crumbling down because we have lived this cultural Christianity of something that we heard and we mixed up with our own carnality and we call it faith. So the church is so malnourished in faith because he doesn't keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So, you know, when I went to read the scripture, my husband said, I heard that. Sometimes you, your pastor goes to say something. I've been married for him for 30 years. I've heard every joke he has. And you kind of shut down. And you take your phone. Huh? You still laugh. I do. a laugh be, to be nice. <laughs> so so what, what happens is the jokes. The jokes kind of like, eh. But when he reads the word. What, what is God going to say to me right now? What is God saying to me right now? I don't know if I've heard. Sometimes I knew a scripture by memory, and one day I was struggling with something. I was 10 years old. I memorized this scripture, and then this scripture came to mind. And I said, and I said man, I said this scripture when I was a missionary. So I memorized it. But this scripture just came to life for me, right? It came alive, and it carried me through an anxiety attack. Yeah, I've had those. I know how it is. So the word of God came and he says, remember the scripture. And I said the scripture when I said it, like the spirit of fear left. Because that's what an anxiety attack is, is an attack of the spirit of fear, something that you're afraid of. So the word of God can come alive in a moment, even if you have heard or memorized a hundred times. So sometimes sometimes um, you hear the pastor say something and he said, you know, I already heard everything that Pastor Rick has to pray. I've been in this church long enough. I've heard everything Pastor Rick has to say, so I'm going to another church because I need to hear something, something new. And the word revelation means to uncover. Means to reveal something. But every time the scripture is something gets uncovered. And you get to utilize that treasure. Because the, the word is it's it's a treasure. It's worth A lot. So something we used to do in in the church here, and I'm asking Pastor Rick to do it again. We used to uh, recite this thing. Uh, This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Why is my heart receptive? Because I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. (laughs) Yes, that's how it went. To me, every Sunday when I said that, I meant it. Because I'm about to receive the incorruptible word of God. I don't care how bad my husband's jokes are. The word is so powerful. It's going to change me. So I come to church. Okay, what, what is for, for lunch today? You know you know what church is, is? When you get married and you move out and on Sundays you go to your mom's house and she makes a meal for you and you eat with the whole family. My kids do that. The grandkids come when they leave the house. It's a mess but it's okay. It's part of our Sunday family day. I feed them. Sometimes they like what I cook. Sometimes they don't. So when they go home, do they wait till next Sunday to feed themselves? No, they feed, they, they eat every single day. But some people come to church and they eat this awesome meal. And let's face it, sometimes the meal is like a vegan meal. And you leave, and you kind of like, you're not completely full. So you need another meal at night. So don't rely on the pastor to, to feed you. Because cultural Christianity said, I punched my clock in church on Sunday. I'm good. So we are not cultural Christians. My cry yesterday is that the bondage of cultural Christianity will break in the church. That we will be real Christians, Christ-like, just like him. That we could... Ask for forgiveness even if we didn't do anything wrong. So we can let people put the nail there and talk bad about you. And you don't go defending yourself. And sometimes we let this person do it and this person do it. But then we leave this hand so we can. Don't talk about me. I have something to say. No. Let them put the third nail there. When people come to us to tell us you hurt me or offend me, we always go like this. We are so sorry. like we Because if that person is that hurt, if it's that important to her, Jesus did this for me. Why wouldn't I do it for someone? That's what he expects of us. To live like him. Let them put the third nail. Many times I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I'm kind of tired of letting people crucify me. He goes, you still have one hand loose. So put it there and be crucified with Christ and enduring the sufferings we say that we we enjoy we endure the sufferings of christ that scripture nobody memorizes it because no one wants it you want to memorize all the good ones but i'm crucified with christ i don't like that one i just want to smack someone so cultural christianity versus real christianity okay so are we awake are we alert okay So we want God to move in our behalf, but we kind of just want to be heard. So we go, uh, okay, God, me, 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 this is my problem, this is my thing, this is my thing, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. But we don't want to hear him. But he has something to say with his word every single day. But we want to go and vent. Everybody loves venting. But nobody wants to listen. Listen. So when, when we go to our pastors for counseling, I vent for like 10 minutes. And then I say, okay, what do you have to say? Because I want to hear, tell me, give me the word, minister to me, feed, feed me. Pastors need feeding too, guys. We feed ourselves, but we have pastors over us. And sometimes we get us spanking when we go there. And they say, ah, uh, no, this is the flesh. So here, let me, you know, redirect you. And we take it because the chastisement of the word is the best thing we could get for us to grow. If not, you stay babies. We don't want to stay babies. We want to mature. Remember Pastor Rick's message about maturing? So my husband married me 30 years ago, and he said, I love you at the altar. And then he said it again during the honeymoon. The honeymoon ends, and I don't hear any more I love you. I don't hear. And I said, babe, don't you love me? But didn't you hear when I said it? Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard? Isn't that enough? No, that's not enough. I need to hear every day. I need to hear that I'm pretty. That I am not aging at all. (laughs) That I'm skinny. I want to hear that every day. We should want to hear every day from God. Not live an entire... There is no relationship that can survive you saying something good once or twice. No relationship. How can your relationship with God survive when you only hear him tell you one little promise and then you go years without hearing anything like we go to god and we pray every day and we we talk 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 and then we don't shut up and then we don't hear what he has to say like prayer we had uh, fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year 21 days thank god we did because i don't know what would have happened 2020 if we hadn't had the fasting and prayer So we were praying, and one day I said, you know, we come here and we talk and talk and talk and talk to God and tell him all the things we want him to do. Today, we're just going to love on him and see what he has to say. So we're all going to shut up. So we put worship on, and we all went in our little corners. I don't know if you all remember that day. The lights were dim, and everyone left here like, wow, I heard God spoke to me today. And because we quiet ourselves, and then we went... Put God in hearing mode instead of heard mode. Are you are you getting? Awesome. Um, students who always talk during class, they don't learn. So they take the test and they don't pass. So they go through the test again and then they don't pass. And they go through the test again. Are, are you getting this? You go, you're going over the, the same struggle over and over again because you're talking, 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 and you're not hearing. You're not hearing. This is what God is saying, and he's teaching you and preparing you for something that you're going to need in the future. There are lessons that we learned some 20 years ago that this week I said, wow, that's why I learned that lesson because if I overcame that, I can overcome this. This. Because this, if this would have happened 20 years ago, I would have fallen apart. But I went through something, and I heard God say, okay, then you move here, then you move. Every single lesson that you learned, the, it, it's, it's all part of the training, they say at Ramah. Yeah. Everything that you go through, it's all part. God is training you to minister and to help other people. So your struggles, once you overcome, you're going to take someone else by the hand that's going through the same struggle, Okay, this is what the words, and you feed them. And if they're hearing, they're going to pass the test. Amen? So we don't stay stuck in the same grade. Right? Pastor Rick has been preaching about different levels of maturity. And if you located yourself and you find yourself behaving the same way you did 15 years ago, we, we have to get God out of your herd mode and put him in hearing mode and hear what he's saying now. But I used to, no, 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 no. This is what God is saying now. But, but God told me this a long time ago. But this is what he's saying now. Here, listen to him now. Life and death are in the, in the, at, at your mercy, at the mercy of your obedience, whether or not you're going to hear God and do what he's saying to do. Let's go to Matthew 5. She said Matthew 5. I already read Matthew 5. I already heard what it says. So I'm going to check my Instagram. Oh, my gosh, they had a baby. Oh, my gosh, Nisi's son is in the hospital? Um, amen. Oh, my gosh, she wants to be my friend. Mm, I don't like her. No. Okay, hallelujah, yes. Mm-hmm. So you put God unheard because you already heard what your pastor is saying. So you go, God isn't heard. None of the message can come through because he's not heard. He's in airplane mode. Like. So you're engaged on something else. And we wonder why our faith is so weak. Because we know the faith comes by hearing, and we know how it comes. The problem is in the coming part, because if the messages are not being transferred and you're not receiving the messages, then your faith is not growing. A lot of people are bankrupt in their faith right now because they're not getting the message that God is saying. Oh, everyone wants to hear something new, and we get caught up on the newness of things. I want to hear something new. I want to hear something new. Oh, there's this guy on YouTube. You know, be careful, be careful with the Pharisee ministry. The Pharisees are those who, they memorized the, the law, the first five books of the Bible, they memorized it. We complain about memorizing script. The whole first five books, and you know how boring they are. They memorized it. So the Pharisees, they knew the law. No offense, Genesis is cool, but Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy... All the numbers and the measurements and, oh, wow. So these guys memorized it. And because they memorized, they look good on the outside because they could quote the scripture. You know, we can quote the scripture. But inside, the Bible calls them uh, washed out tombs with dead bones inside. Because the word that they heard growing up, by the time a, a, a Jewish boy is 13, they have to have memorized. So they memorized, they heard, they're good. They're good for life. The word that they heard, they don't apply daily. It's, it's just for looks. It's just for show. It's just for you to quote and slap people with the word. You know, we do that sometimes. Um, I hope I'm not slapping you this morning. Um, so they were not doers of the word. They were just hearers. They heard the word, but they wouldn't apply it. So that, this is Pharisee uh, ministry. So you read the word. Uh, you don't apply it and then when you hear it again you already shut off so you never applied it so you're still in the same place that you were before so be careful with whom you're gonna go listen to on youtube preachers wise because you don't know if they're pharisees you don't know their lives you don't know if these people daily we know some of the people we listen to we know them we know we have seen fruits of righteousness in their lives so we know that they live the word But some of them out there, what they're doing is they're mixing the word with the culture. And they're mixing it out a little bit. But it sounds so cool because it's new. I haven't heard that before. So you get caught up in the newness. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This book is like thousands and thousands of years old. But it's just as powerful as it it was when it was written. So don't get caught up in the newness of what's happening on YouTube and all the preachers and all that. So... The, the enemy knows that he cannot come and bring something really evil and put in front of you because you're not going to do it because you're a Christian. I want to say almost Christian. Or, you know, when you're a cultural Christian, you're kind of like, you know, almost a Christian. You're a believer, but you're not actually Christ-like, right? So the enemy comes and mixes the word a little bit with, with man philosophy a little bit, and that's the deception. The Bible says that the enemy cannot attack the church because the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. But if the enemy can get you to think that what you read, that little one phrase in the morning was enough, it's not, it's man's word, not God's word. If that's enough for you, if you deceived you enough, then he's golden because they think that they're in the good and they're going to be okay. But your faith, gets diminished and diminished because you can't grow because you're not continuously hearing the word of God and what God is saying to you. So, Matthew 20, again, I promise, we're going to read that. Uh, for Ma- Matthew 5, 20. For I say to you, who's saying? Who's saying? Jesus, right? Jesus is saying, okay? When is he saying? Now. He's saying this now. He said this 2,000 years ago, but he's saying it now to you. I say it to you. Are we going to tune in to what he's saying? Are we going to? But I already heard Matthew 5, you know. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Another scripture that nobody memorized. Your righteousness has to surpass the Pharisees they knew the word remember but they didn't apply the word and the scripture when it says in James uh, you have to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word the hearer means white noise that's what that means so there's a lot of preachers making a lot of white noise out there it's just white noise it's not really the word so if your faith is weak you cannot discern between the voice of God and white noise, and that's the deception that the enemy has. If you know what the word says, then it's not gonna. It's not gonna push you, either here nor there, because you know. Um, Matthew 21-22. You have heard what the ancients were told: you shall not commit murder. But I say, he was saying something new. But the Jewish were still in the herd. They couldn't hear what he was saying right now but i say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty verse 27 you have heard do not commit adultery verse 28 but i say whoever even looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart Uh, Verse 31, you have heard. Verse 32, but I say. Verse 33, again you have heard. You shall not swear falsely. But 34, but I say to you, do not swear at all. Why would you even allow these words to come out of your mouth? 38, you have heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I'm coming back. No, but this is what I say. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, just give him the other one. Jesus was saying something different, but the Pharisees were in heard mode. The ones who got born again and became Christians were the ones that were in hearing mode. So verse 43, you have heard, you shall love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I say, I'm saying something new. You shall love your enemies, bless those who curse you. So do you see how there are things that God has told you in In the past, but he's saying something new to you even today. As pastors, we're given by God the responsibility to watch over the flock. This is, we go before God and we give an account for all our decisions. So we have to be really tuned to what God is saying. And we're sometimes not in tune with what you're saying. Because in the end, guys, we go before him. So I am more afraid of going before him than going before you, to be honest with you. Because my eternal reward depends on whether or not I was hearing what he was saying. And sometimes God tells us to do something, even here in the church. And we do it for a period of time. And he said, no, now I'm, I'm saying this. Okay, we're switching and we're doing that. Okay, so now you've done that for a while. I want you to do this. And our job as pastors is to keep hearing and not stay stuck For years and years and years, doing the same thing because it worked. So we don't go by what worked. We go by what God is saying right now. Amen? Um, Our job is to take the sheep to green pastures, even if we have eaten there before. This is our job. The still waters, to protect them from predators that come. To guide them into the path of righteousness. To remove the parasites from the sheep's eyes because the sheep will get these parasites and then they couldn't see. And sometimes the sheep has these parasites that I call offense and hurt and wounds. And we have to go as pastors and remove that with the water of the word and wash it. And then, oh, I can see now. It makes sense. Sometimes it takes a little bit more washing and soap to get those parasites. This is our job as pastors. Pressure clean. Can you see now? (laughs) Um, Hebrews 10, 25. You know, what happened in the beginning of the shutdown, when we shut down the church, the first service that we had live streaming, we had 230-something people tune in. Everyone was taking communion, taking pictures. Yay, Jesus, my communion. Posting on a church page, and everyone was, like, so excited. Week two, we had 100 and something. Week three, we had 60. Week four, we had 32. Week five, we had 12. Cultural Christianity sipping in because now we can watch it from the comfort of our home. We don't have to go to the church anymore and rub in with each other and offend each other and hurt each other's feelings. We have to do this. It is important that we hurt each other's feelings because it's important because you learn how to say sorry and how to forgive. If I'm watching, you guys that are far away, awesome. You guys that live in Orange City and Deland and Sanford, okay, you need to be here. Because we need to hurt each other's feelings a little bit. Because if you do that, you grow and mature. The best relationships we've had are the ones that we went like, nah, with each other. And then we forgave. We understood how each other operate. I know how not to do that because... They don't appreciate that sarcasm. So I'm not going to be sarcastic with them. I'll do it with you, Marie, because you're like rock. So, you know what I'm saying? We have to understand how we are, how love each other's idiosyncrasies, our things, our pet peeves. We, and it only happens when we're here doing this with each other. So... Cultural Christianity has sipped in in America and everyone is watching from home and their PJs and, and, and people are just, you know, I miss people's faces. I really do. And sometimes your presence here, even if you're not doing anything on stage, your presence here will bless someone else. Yeah. This morning when I was preaching at the first service, you know, when the lights are on and those lights are dim, we can't see anyone. So doing worship, right here. thank you, my Lord Jesus. And I was like, Brittany's here. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad she's here today. And I hear, yay, Jesus. And I was like, yes, Brittany's here. Brittany blessed me today with her presence. So your presence is is important here. You don't know the person that you're hugging just needed that hug that day. And even if you're doing air pump, I mean, even if you're doing that, even if you're wearing a mask, we can still be warm and be close. In spite of masks, no masks, sanitizer, anointing oil, it doesn't matter, you know, I do anointing oil and sanitizer. So yay Jesus to me, because I do the natural with the spiritual. What COVID, right? So, COVID who? So anyways, every single sanitizer in this house has anointing oil in it, by the way. (laughs) Just so you know, and it smells really good, it's lavender. So... For all your essential oils need, see Nelly. <laughs> so let's go to Hebrews ten twenty-five. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because some have created. Did you know that it takes 14 days for you to break a habit, but it actually takes you three months to create a new one? We were shut down for so long that people created a new habit. And that's where cultural Christianity seeped in right so some people right now are in the habit of doing this but encouraging one another the uh, the new living translation it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now when guys now. but this was written three thousand years. no especially when now. now because the day of his return is drawing near do we know that Jesus is coming back I mean, if the signs were not more obvious. Because we are pastors and we keep we have the responsibility over the sheep. These pastors yesterday in National Day of Prayer were crying out for their sheep. And I joined with them. And I want you to know that I prayed for all these chairs. Every person that God brought me their face that has been seated on these chairs and out there sitting at home. I prayed for them to break this cultural Christianity thing that has attached itself to our nation. Amen. You know, I don't know if you know the story of Abraham. Go home and read it. It's really awesome. Abraham heard. He heard that he was going to be the father, but he was really old. So he went and kind of had sex with the maid because he didn't wait God didn't say, I'm going to do it right now, Abraham. He said, you're going to do it. And God, a promise is what, Drake? He forgot a commitment. So Abraham, <laughs> Abraham was kind of like, oh, I'm going to take care of it. Because, you know, sometimes God gives you a promise and you want to take care of it and make it happen. Don't make it happen. Let God make it happen. He's going to make it happen at the right time. Right? So, And when you hear him say again, now is the time, then you do it amen so Abraham heard he was going to be a father he messed up okay then he God talks to him he has the baby Isaac he's really old and then God he hears something else God says I need you to go sacrifice Isaac and God say what no I heard that I'm going to be a father of many because I heard that and you're telling me I'm going to sacrifice him I know what you're going to do God you're going to resurrect him because you told the only way, God, you can make this happen is I'm, I'm going to kill him and you're going to resurrect him. That's the only way. Because Abraham is thinking man way. But his ways are higher than our ways. Don't we know that? So Abraham said, okay. So every day, okay, God, what are you saying now? Did you change your mind? No. Still, I'm going to tell you what mountain you're going to go to. It's a three-day journal, journey. So he's walking day one. God, and he, no, keep going, Abraham. Okay. God, no, keep going, Abraham. Go, okay, Abraham, stop. That's the mountain that I told you about. He was hearing, hearing, and hearing, and hearing. So that's the mountain. Okay, now there's a the mountain. Okay, so he, he ties the kid in. What a good kid. My, Ricky would have been kicking me. He puts the knot. One day I spanked Ricky, and I, I busted a blood vessel when he was little, and I started crying. He started laughing true story. So anyways, Ricky would not have gone down without a fight. So this kid lets his dad tie him up. So Abraham's thinking, I'm going to kill him because he's going to resurrect him. This is what makes sense in my head. Because I heard that I'm going to be a father of many nations. Are you following this? If Abraham put God in herd mode right at that moment, he would have killed Isaac. But God said, hey, don't do it. There's a ram in the bushes. There's a, I put a, a ram right there. And the, where's Grizel? She's not here. <laughs> it's not the same without her here. See how important Grizel said this saying. You're not alone. We was in the bushes. It's a thing. It's a thing that she says. I love her. She needs to be here. Because you guys need to hear her talk. She's so funny. So anyway, so the ram was in the bushes, and he goes to kill him, and God said, stop, there's a ram. So because he was hearing, he stopped, and he put the ram, and he sacrificed. How many of us have dreams that we killed it because we were in heard mode? But you have to hear God every day because he's not going to resurrect your dream. The whole plan that he had was not to resurrect. There was a little change in the dream you know, God gave us a dream. We're going to start a church. But if we hadn't heard, I, I don't know what would have happened to new life. I don't know what would have happened to us. Because God's divine plan was to move. Do you see how important it is to hear God every single time, every single decision? We don't make any decision in the church unless we hear God. We don't do it because other churches are doing. We don't do it because it's cool. We don't do it because it's not cool. We, we, we do it when we hear from God. God says, okay, fast for 21 days okay God and then what then have services every single day of the week for 21 days okay God and what else God when you come to the service the moment that the service starts God said you know what shut all the lights and tell everybody to shut up and turn the lights down okay God and then Tyler comes and he said God guys I'm, I'm hearing and God is saying this we're gonna do this today okay God and the, every single time God says something we, we move it and the, our faith grows We can say what the Apostle Paul says. The worship team can come up. And we can say, you know what? I fought the good fight. I finished the race. But I kept my faith. Cultural Christianity, watered down word, did not take my faith away from me. I'm not going to be a cultural Christian. I'm going to be a real Christian. Be crucified with Christ. Amen. And if that, to be crucified, if it's a sacrifice for you to come to this building then so be it. Let's make that sacrifice. If we can call it a sacrifice, it's an air-conditioned building (laughs) with comfy chairs and awesome bathrooms and children's church that is like amazing. If you haven't seen all the remodel, amazing. I don't call this a sacrifice. I wake up at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings to be here at 7.30 to pray and get... That's not a sacrifice. That's an honor. Amen? So... We're going to dim the lights and we're going to play this song one more time. And I'm going to ask you if there is anything that you want to take your phone like airplane mode to regular mode so you can get all of God's messages that you've been missing. Because that's what happens when you're airplane mode. You don't get the messages and God is speaking to you this morning. Are you hearing? So we're going to sing this song and feel free to come up front and just talk to God and repent. return this is the the theme yesterday was return and repent it was the same title of the scriptures that we uh, title our June or July scriptures it was return repent renew and he will restore all that was said yesterday by all these pastors that we never met but when God was giving me those scriptures for that month I was hearing, God, what are you saying? What scripture? That one? Okay. But God was speaking to other pastors they were hearing, and they created this whole movement that was yesterday, National Day of Prayer. Return, repent, renew your mind. So God is speaking to our nations, but it's whether or not we're hearing. Amen, church? Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church. You will never be the same.